Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, GU corner, halfback, flat, on two. Ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Good morning, Bump. How are you now? Good morning, fellas. Doing well. Fresh off a 2 a.m. flight. Ugh. Back in the Northwest, baby. I was going to say, and I said this during the break, there's nothing worse than being on a flight that takes off or lands, like, after midnight. Like, it's just brutal. Just brutal on your body. There is something worse. It's the hybrid Taco Bell Pizza Hut. <laughs> this thing is the... an, abom- it's an abomination. It's an abomination. The... It's a pox upon society. The, the Taco Bell KFC, too. They have those as well. Yeah, just as bad. The, t- the Pizza Hut Taco Bell is specifically worse, though, because I worry that they're using the same red sauce. <laughs> the, the salsa is the, the, the same as the marinara. <laughs> I won't eat in them. Like, oh, it freaks me out. Like, it really freaks Like, I'm like, those two things are not meant to go together. I'm very proud of having eaten at Taco Bell only once in my life. What? Yep. Taco Bell's phenomenal. Yeah, sure. Number one fast food joint. Mm, yeah, sure. Number one, not you, even close. You didn't find yourself there after a night in college, you know, where you might have been doing some extracurricular activities. I went and out you of didn't my way. Up there. Went out of You've my way to only, avoid it. Dude, once. I drove to I had no choice. you. I would drive to Factoria to get to Taco Bell. No, I'd only do that for Chick-fil-A. That's it. And I do that often. But no. Bump, I, no. Bump you're from Southern California, so you have... You, you, you have I respect your food opinions, unlike Paul. <laughs> is 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 Taco is Taco Bell good fast food? Taco Bell, I try to stay away from fast food, but Taco Bell's like number one, number two, for sure. Upper tier, that's right, yeah. bump. Oh, wow, just that you're even putting it on the same level as Chick Fil A is a insult and a tragedy. But that's your <laughs> taste buds that are at a loss, not mine. Uh, question number one, bump. Obviously, a big. 48 hours for the Seattle Mariners, who have that amazing victory on Monday night. And then yesterday afternoon, we find out that Kendall Graveman, their stud reliever this year, had been traded to the Houston Astros, who they were going to play that night, which I imagine added a little bit extra. You've been a player. And it's a little different, obviously, in the NFL, because it seems like it's a lot more cutthroat. But how important is the relationship between roster builders, not necessarily talking about coaches and players? Honestly, I don't think it's that important. It's not because you are being paid to do a job, right? If you can do a job really well, you'll get paid and they will keep you there as long as you're doing your job. But as soon as you fall off, they will cut you. Even if they love you, even if they've had you over to the house for dinner and you've gone on vacations or whatever kind of relationship you have, as soon as you're done, you're not doing your job well, they will cut you. So I don't think it's that important because it, it comes down to it's just business. It's not personal. right? My, my high school coach used to say that all the time. Like, look, I'm not going to play you uh, because you're just not getting it done. It's not business. I mean, it's not personal. It's business. So I don't think it's that important. Uh, can you provide a service? Are you still elite at that service? If not, they will get rid of you quickly, even if they love you. What happens in a clubhouse? when guys get mad or in a locker room because I, I've, I've always seen this. Nobody's going to be happy when a guy they like gets shipped out. And sometimes they'll take that, hey, it's a business. And anytime somebody in pro sports says it's a business, it means somebody's getting the screws put to them. Like just, you, you just have to listen for the howling because somebody's, somebody's getting worked over. 
And then there are times when people are like, these dudes don't care. And there's like actual anger and fury. And it sounds like that might be what's happening in the Mariners clubhouse right now with this trade specifically. Yeah, and that's that's what's so unfortunate because everything we've heard about the Mariners, right, has been that they love each other. The camaraderie is great. The, the clubhouse is cool. So when something like this happens and the players are speaking out, um, they just felt like it, it shouldn't have gone down. And I think in the Mariners clubhouse, well, just in any any clubhouse we, when it comes to sports, you have a team whose players are not happy with the move. Um, I think it, it lingers for a few days. But after that, you have to move on, especially in baseball. You play too many games to let one move kind of jack up everything you have going on. They're going to feel it. They're not going to be happy for a few days, but you got to move on, especially if you're in the hunt. These guys are in the wild card hunt right now. Are they going to are they going to make the playoffs? We'll see. I don't know. But they're in the hunt right now, so they have to move on. Uh, It's going to be a tough few days in in the clubhouse, though. All right. Question two. I'm going to give you three veterans, Bump. All, right. all three are, I would say, bedrock pieces of this Seahawks team. All three want extensions. Quandre Diggs, Dwayne Brown, Jamal Adams. I'm not giving you in the order of importance or anything other than that's just how they came off the tip of my tongue. Which of those three situations are you most concerned about being a long-term problem? Which do you think is the most straightforward to solve? Most straightforward to solve is Jamal Adams. You yep. know you have to get that done. There's no one in that organization that says, ah, oh, we can do without this guy. I, I think we'll be fine. No. The one that concerns me the most is Dwayne Brown because he's he's in such a weird place. He's 36. I think I believe he'll be 37 soon. He's important to that offensive line, but he's just getting older. And you're like, okay, how much longer is he going to hold up? The guy who's kind of floating in the in outer space is Diggs because you're like, okay, he's a pro bowler. He, he does – cause turnovers but they can probably be without him do without him and be fine it's not a knock on him i think he's a great football player i think he needs to be on this team but when you line those three up it goes jamal brown then Diggs. um but brown that's a russell move if you do mm-hmm. not sign brown if you do not bring this dude back if you don't make him feel like he's wanted i i Firmly believe that's going to affect Russell Wilson's outlook on the next season. It's all about making Russ happy right now. And I'm, I'm going to say that. Everyone knows I'm pro player. I'm pro player. Yes, I am. I used, I used to play ball. I am pro player. And if your quarterback is not happy, he's going to be gone. And if you don't sign Dwayne Brown, you don't make that right, I think there's a chance that Russ ain't here. But you never know. Russ changes his mind. We'll see what happens with him. Sit out, Russ. Then I'll actually, you know, be scared of that. Danny. What do you rank the rank those three for me, Paul? There, there's three guys. They all, they all want extensions. Jamal mm-hmm. Adams, Dwayne Brown, Quandre Diggs. What's the once the most straightforward to solve? What's the most what's what's the most uncertain? The most uncertain is I think Dwayne Brown, just because first off really? you have no options, but at the same time you don't know what he's going to be past this season. So that's one of those ones where you sort of have to kick the can down the road a bit. With Diggs, that one I feel like is certain in that he probably wants more than you're going to be willing to give him, right? I would love to keep him around. I think he's been really good here, but I think he's going to be asking for bigger money. With Jamal Adams, I think that one is probably the the one that you know what needs to be done, and it feels like things are making progress. So I guess as far as certain, I feel like I know with Quandre Diggs what's going to happen. 
Jamal, I just don't know the number. And with Dwayne Brown, I got to see what happens this coming season. Uh, Danny, you had mentioned earlier uh, before we moved into Blue 42 when it comes to Dwayne Brown, why this year isn't necessarily different than 2017 when it comes to Brown. Because I felt like he had a lot more leverage in 2017 than he does now. You can't hold out. Or you can hold out, but the $50,000 a day in fines, now the teams can't waive it. And that used to be what would happen. You get to a point, the team would say, okay, you've made your point. It's now getting to the time where if it goes beyond this, we're actually, we're not going to forgive the fines. You're, you're going to have to pay that money. Now you don't even have that option. Dudes are going to hold in. And, and watch for it. I, Jamal Adams is going to be doing it. Dwayne Brown might be doing it today. Dudes that are there and not practicing. I'm here. You can't find me. I'm not doing it, though. I mean, whether it's an injury or I'm just not ready, I think you're, I think you're still going to see people be able to put pressure on teams by instead of holding out, they're going to hold in. And teams are going to go like, okay, if we just keep, keep quiet, if we just stay quiet, they'll eventually, they'll eventually bend. How far are we off from a guy saying, I'm not ready to play? Ultimately, it's his body, his choice. If he's there and he tells you he's not healthy to play, you can't make him play football. I guess you can. Did the Jets try to do that? They tried to do that with an offensive lineman. Was it Osamili? Where they were like, he was like, I need to get surgery on my shoulder. And they're like, we, we don't agree with that assessment. And everybody flipped out on the Jets. Like everybody. And the Jets the Jets deserve every bit of that score. So that's why I would say I think I think players will still be able to put pressure by holding in. I'm just, I'm really trying to make hold, a hold-ins happen. Have I successfully sold this terminology? <laughs> I'm with it. Hold in. Show up. Yeah. You're there. I'm on the sideline. I'm not practicing. That's how you keep your leverage as a player, honestly. That's how you try to keep everyone happy. And then organ- organizations, they're they're going to try to dance around it and not talk about it, too. You know, like it's not really happening. But, yeah, hold in. I like it, Danny. If there ever was a guy to hold in, Deshaun Watson should be doing it right now. And he's on the field actually practicing, which is just so strange. I mean, what what's the point at this point, especially if they think they're going to get him out of town? Anyway, question number three. Bump, yesterday I saw uh, Jake Heaps tweet this. I think this was actually on Monday. And I think it's a bit of an overreaction. He said, quote, It'll be incredibly disappointing if the Seahawks cannot get Jamal Adams' contract extended by day one of training camp. Adams having to miss a big chunk of practice student negotiations would be incredibly frustrating. And Jake, I think, is referring here to Adams not potentially being on the field. And he went on to say, All right, well, this might disrupt chemistry that he might build with the defense. I, I don't agree. And I base this mainly off of just my observations of a lot of guys in training camp who don't practice. I feel like there's probably a line of certain players who probably need to be out there at training camp and other players who don't and it varies person to person. But I could be wrong here. You're the player. How many players actually need to be out on the field for training camp? If you are an all-pro, you are a pro bowler, you don't need to be out there, honestly. I mean, as long as you have taken care of your body during the offseason, you've been training, you've been working out, eating good, which I assume Jamal Adams has been doing that because he's a professional. He's good to go, man. Now, a dude like Freddie Swain and John Rasua, guys who are, like, fighting to get on this roster or stay on this roster, they need to be out there every single day to get these rests. There's just levels to stuff, man. There are guys, you know, there are guys like, uh, I think, Danny, we talked about this before, Julian Peterson. This dude used to eat McDonald's every single day, and it was still ripped. Ugh. If I ate McDonald's every day, I would I I wouldn't I would have made it in the Super NFL as long bump. as I made it. it. It's just different. So there's there's levels to this. Jamal Adams, man, all you need to do is show up, make sure you're getting mental reps, coach these guys up, and you'll be fine. I don't think he needs to be out there, and and, and I don't think it's going to cause any type of issues because everyone understands who he is. 
It's not like he's a quarterback. Now, quarterbacks, they have to be out there. You're building chemistry. You're getting to know, know this new offense if you're Russell Wilson. But defensively, man, cover three is cover three. Cover two is cover two. Uh, you're going to call send me on a blitz, you'll send me on a blitz. It's, and it's Jamal Adams. He's all pro. He's good. Bomani Jones and Dominique Foxworth on their podcast on the uh, – it's Fridays with Foxworth, Bomani Jones podcast on Fridays. They were talking about Julius Peppers kind of as one of those big guys that wasn't built like a big guy. It had a V cut, like a narrow waist. Ju- Julian Peterson was exactly the same way, and that yeah. dude ate garbage. I asked him one morning, like, okay, Julian, what did you eat this morning? It was a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It was a maple bar. Then he had some bacon, and he was going to go get Wendy's Baconator for lunch. <laughs> and that dude was 275 pounds with a V-cut and had like 7% body fat. It was Crazy. wild. Just wild. And people will tell me, like, when they're like, all these football players are on PEDs. I'm like, no. No, they're not. Some of those dudes are just built differently. Like, some of them have a metabolism that functions like a garbage disposal. Like, that is, that is just I, Julian Peterson when he was a kid. He said his mom used to open up a can of SpaghettiOs and give that to him as a baby. He's sitting in his high chair. He's just eating SpaghettiOs out of the can. He's just built different. Genetics. Oh, can you imagine that? Just being able to eat bacon nonstop at just 275 pounds and built like that. He played all, I think he played all 11 positions in a game. I know that he played defensive line, he played corner, he played linebacker, and he's played safety. It's just wild. Genetics or no genetics? No, you got to be feeling that in some way, right? You got to have some, you got to have some stomach issues, some tummy aches from time to time. I'm telling you, Paul, like, no, that dude was just built different. He had a cast iron constitution. Good for him. That is Blue 42.